Welcome to the Every Believer Witness podcast. This is Dennis Nunn, the developer of Every Believer Witness. Every Believer Witness is dedicated to helping ordinary believers, just like you and me, learn how to share our faith in the most effective way. The key verse for Every Believer Witness, in fact, we'll get our name from Acts 1.8, where Jesus told his disciples that they in context, and us by application, were to be his witnesses. And the great thing about being a witness is you don't have to go to school to be a witness. You don't have to take a course to learn how to be a witness. You don't have to be outgoing to be a witness. All you have to do is tell what you know about a particular incident, an automobile accident, a fight, whatever it may be. And witnessing for Jesus, therefore, is just telling about our personal encounter with Jesus. In last podcast, we gave you a simple outline of sharing about how you came to know Jesus. And you start out talking about my life before I met Jesus. Then you talk about how I came to accept Jesus into my life. And then my life since Jesus came in. And I have to give a shout out to the Apostle Paul here because I didn't come up with before how since he did. And you can read about it several places, but especially in Acts 26, where he was on the witness stand. And that was the outline for his testimony. What we've done is kind of tweaked his before how sense to set it up to use in a more secular setting. Driving to lunch with a co-worker, waiting at the bus stop, talking with a friend in the yard. And so you can go back and listen to that podcast and listen to the tips we gave about how to most effectively share my life before I met Jesus, how I met Jesus, my life since Jesus came in. And if you haven't written out your personal story yet, I want to encourage you. If you're riding down the road, don't, don't, don't. But obviously, at some point soon, as soon as possible, if you'll write out your story, it'll help you get it in a really easy way to share it with others. And remember, you can always email us here at info at eba.w.org for questions, comments, anything we can do to help you. And also, you can go to our website, www.ebaw.org, and download audio CDs or DVDs of more in-depth teaching. Today, I want to address one of the major problems with many people who want to share their testimony, and that is they don't feel like they have a dramatic conversion testimony, and therefore, they can't be a witness for Christ effectively. A lot of times when people share this and when I'm teaching it in churches, I love to ask people to sing the first verse of Amazing Grace. You may remember that the first verse says, I once was lost, was now found, I was blind, it goes on to say, and it talks about the amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. We sing, it saved an amazing wretch like me or a wretch like me. But the fact is, if we're honest, I don't know that most of us really believe we were wretches. I mean, you may be thinking, I, I trusted Jesus at eight years old in vacation Bible school. I mean, I, I know I sing I was a wretch, but I don't know that I was a wretch. Well, I want us to look today at some things the Bible says about you and me, about every person before they come to faith in Christ. I want us to look at some words and some phrases the Bible uses to describe us. The first word that I want you to think about is lost. 
We sing, I once was lost, but now I'm found. But I don't know that we get a visual image of what we're thinking about. Picture a lost child at a campground or a playground and or a, an elderly person. In the county where I used to live, we had a 76-year-old Alzheimer's patient wandered away from a care center one day. What happens when there's a lost child or a lost person? Immediately, a search party is formed, and they got about 200 people together. Finally, hours later, they found this 76-year-old Alzheimer's patient about two miles down in the woods, hopelessly lost. He would have never been able to find his way back to the care center. He was lost. Luke 19.10, Jesus said himself, I came to seek and to save what was lost. The fact is, regardless of the age we came to faith in Christ, we were lost and couldn't find our way to God, but he came looking for us. There's another word the Bible uses to describe you and me before Jesus, and it's the word blind. I once was blind, we sing, but now I see. I was 31 years old when I came to faith in Christ. I had not finished college, and I went back to Piedmont Bible College, now Carolina University. Hadn't been there very long. I met a fellow student by the name of Terry Sanders. Terry was blind. When I first met him, he had one of those white canes with a red tip, and somebody had to escort Terry from the dorm to the cafeteria to the classroom buildings to the student center. By the end of the first semester or two, Terry could find his way all over campus by himself. However, you could sit in the classroom with Terry, and the professor could say, open your Bibles to Luke 19.10, and you could hold a Bible right in front of Terry's face. He couldn't see it. He was blind. Now, with that picture in mind of being blind, think about what Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers so we cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. No more than Terry Sanders could see the Bible in front of his face could you see the things of God. You were blind. Not only that, according to the Bible, you and I were wicked. You and I were wicked. The King James says the word ungodly. I don't know that... Uh, Many people in churches today view themselves as wicked. I suspect it's probably because most churches have a teaching or a belief they really hold tight to. Most believers do, or most Christians do, and that is what I call the doctrine of relative righteousness. In other words, we like to compare ourselves to other people. So if I want to make myself look good, I just compare myself to some drug dealer or murderer. But when I compare myself to a holy God then I am indeed wicked. I am ungodly, and so are you. There are all kinds of ways to witness and share your faith. I love using our testimony because it's the easiest, simplest. I believe it's the most biblical. Uh, I have a man that I like to read and fall after who's really impacted me. His name is Ray Comfort. You may be familiar with Ray and Living Waters Ministries, Kirk Cameron and others. And he likes to use the Ten Commandments to talk to people who think that they're good people, that they're not wicked people apart from Jesus. I've adopted that sometimes. I was in Conover, North Carolina, and the service engine light on my car came on. And of course, you know, you have to be able to interpret those lights that come on on your dash. It says service engine soon, but what it really means is get your credit card. This is going to cost. Well, fortunately, the wonderful local Toyota dealer up there didn't 
charge me a whole lot. It was a simple matter, and they were able to fix it relatively easy. While I was waiting on my car to be fixed, I went up into the showroom. It was a slow day. Immediately, a salesman came over to talk to me, and I told him I was just window shopping and wasn't really a prospect, but he didn't have any other customers. We began to talk, and somewhere in the course of the conversation, I asked him, uh, I said, are you a Christian? He said, oh, yeah, yes, I am. And, of course, that's what most people uh, in the South where I am and even other places might say, although it's increasingly going down. And so I said to him, I said, "Um, the Bible doesn't say it's going to be like this, but suppose when you die, you stood before God, and he said, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say to him? And this man responded what I hear the great majority of people say. I'm a good person. I try to be a good husband. I try to be a good father. I treat my customers right. I said to him, you know, you, you may very well be a good person, but how about since we have a few minutes, let's just take a little test and see if you really are a good person. He said, okay. So I said, let's just look at the Ten Commandments. Let's look at uh, one of the Ten Commandments that says, Thou shall not steal. I said, uh, have you ever taken something from somebody else that didn't belong to you? A million dollars, a car, a pencil. Have you ever stole something? He said, well, of course I have stole something. I said, what do we call people who steal things? He said, a thief. I said, that's right. So you are a thief. I said, now let's look at another one. Thou shall not lie. I said, have you ever told a lie in your life, a little half-truth, a big bold-faced lie, a little fib? He said, well, of course I have. I said, what do we call people that tell lies? He said, a liar. I said, mm-hmm. I said, here's another one, covetousness. Thou shall not covet. I said, have you ever wanted something somebody else had, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, athletic ability, good looks, money, house, car? He said, yes. I said, uh, Here's another one. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, the Bible says that uh, teaches really that it's not just a physical act, but if you have lust in your heart and you lust after someone, that you've committed adultery in your mind. And the fact is, every person north of puberty has at some time committed the sin of lust. I said, so you realize, you just admitted that you are a, a lying, thieving, covetous, adulterate heart? He said, I'm not very good, am I? <laughs> I said, no, and neither am I very good before Jesus, and neither were you very good before Jesus. Romans 4, 5 says it this way, However, to the man who does not work but trusts God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. So you and I were lost, we were blind, we were wicked, Another word that the Bible uses to describe us is you are dead. You are dead. Now, I don't want to be insensitive if you've experienced the death of a loved one in your family, friends, someone that's close to you. We've certainly had several deaths of friends in our family. But I do want us to understand what the Bible says about you and me and about death. I use an illustration a lot when I'm preaching. try to throw a little humor into this about the fact that... uh, Suppose I get killed in a car wreck this afternoon and the, a police chaplain or our pastor comes over to the house to tell Jane, Ms. Nunn, we've got some terrible news for you. Dennis, your husband has been killed in a car wreck. And one little tiny tear trickles out the side of her eye. And then she says, 
Insurance papers. Where's the insurance policy? I've got to have an insurance policy. They scrape up my remains. They get me over to the funeral home, and she and the children come over there. They prepared my body, and my wife says to the children, Children, can, can I just have a minute alone with your daddy, please? Sure, Mom. And she goes over, and she looks into the casket, and she says, Dennis, Dennis, where did you put those insurance policies? I've got to have that insurance money. I don't say anything. You see, of course you don't say anything. You're dead. Precisely. You know, another word the Bible uses to describe you and describe me before Jesus is dead. Ephesians 2.1 says, as for you, as for us, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. No more than my wife could communicate with me when I was dead in the casket, could we as dead people communicate with a living God. And here's the last phrase I want us to think about. You were an enemy of God. Well, America's got enemies. We've been following right now what's happening over in Afghanistan. The Taliban's taken back over. They say they're a friend with Al-Qaeda. We don't know about ISIS. I mean, there are people who really are out to get America. Uh, they're our enemies. Do you know Romans 5.10 says, God, when we were his enemies reconciled to us through himself. You see, the fact is, most Christians don't understand just how helpless and how hopeless we were before we trusted Jesus Christ. You say, Dennis, you make it sound like I was really a bad person. I remember when my pastor Johnny Hunt said, make it sound like you were a bad person. You were so bad God had to send his son Jesus to die for you. And however, the wonderful news is God loved you so much, he sent his son Jesus to die for you. So here's the bottom line. If you have had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, remember, we're not talking about joining a church or turning over a new leaf or being religious or being good. But if you've actually seen yourself as a sinner separated from God, whom Jesus died on the cross for in your place and who proved it was true by rising from the dead. And you've not just believed that. I mean, Satan knows that's true. But we've been willing to turn from our selfishness and our self-centeredness, our sin, repent of our sin, and turn and trust Jesus Christ, not just as a get-out-of-hell-free pass, but as our Savior and our Lord. You see, if you've done that, you do have a testimony. Doesn't make any difference if you got saved and six years old in Sunday school. Now, is somebody else's story more dramatic than yours? Very possibly. More dramatic than mine? Oh, yes. But the bottom line is our story is merely the vehicle to deliver the gospel message. Because my story, your story, has no power to save anyone it's the gospel. And we don't want to be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. I want to encourage you. If you haven't written out your story, write it out. But the wonderful thing is you don't even have to write it to begin to share it. I want to exhort you. I want to plead. I want to encourage you. Be intentional the rest of the day today, tomorrow, to look to everyone you can to brag on our Lord Jesus Christ 
and what he's done for us. Thank you so much for joining us there again. You can learn more about Every Believer Witness at our website, www.ebaw.org. You can email me at info at eba.w.org with any comments, questions, thoughts, anything you think would be helpful for us to share in future podcasts. Thank you. God bless. <music>